Hey friends, this is Fun Therapy, and my name is Mike Foster. And together we're going to dive into the messy and the brutal, but oh-so-beautiful parts of our not-so-perfect stories. And we're going to do it with a smile. And even when the things we love leave us, and even when we are left with only questions, we will hold tightly to hope. We will squeeze it for all that it's worth, for hope is our lifeline. In the darkness, in the unanswered questions, in the vastness of our loss, like a springtime flower after a cold, harsh winter, hope appears and we begin to breathe again. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. friends. I'm so glad that you're here. In this episode, I want to talk about something very personal that has happened recently in my life, but also something that is deeply universal. How do we grieve when we lose a beloved pet? This is going to be a a difficult one for me personally, because we lost our little fluffball Napoleon a few weeks ago. He was our little toy Pomeranian dog. He was five pounds and all fluff. And I called him our fun therapy dog, and he really was. And I want to share some things I've learned since then after his passing about grief, about how to process loss. And this episode isn't just about losing a dog or our furry friends, but I truly believe it's something more deeply universal about humanity that deeply touches each one of us. It's the processing of loss. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I know you'll get a few uh, things out of it as we talk about this very real subject. But before we begin, I want to ask you to subscribe to the Fun Therapy Podcast and just, you know, let me know you're in, that you're with us. Subscribing is so helpful to um, the algorithms and also commenting. If you could leave a quick review on iTunes, if you haven't done that yet, can you please take just a quick moment? It means so much to me. I read all of the comments Uh, It helps others find out what this podcast is all about. It's just a great way to support what we're doing here. So make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave a comment on iTunes. Also, don't forget about my free brain detox download at my website, mikefoster.tv. My name with the word TV. I'm not on TV, but maybe I'm on Apple TV every once in a while. Uh, So that's why MikeFoster.tv. And you can get Brain Detox there. It's a free download. You can start today building a calmer, less stressed, better sleep kind of life. I think we all need that right now. The Brain Detox is short. It's actionable. You'll be able to try out some stuff right away. Made it super practical, as easy as it gets. Uh, It's at my website. Again, MikeFoster.tv, you'll see it on the homepage right there. Just uh, click on it and you'll be ready to rock and roll.
So a few weeks ago, as some of you know, if you've been following me on Instagram, we lost our dog, Napoleon. He had struggled with cancer. He, we had a big surgery about a year ago, and we thought we had gotten all the cancer out and that he was on the mend. And then I guess about five or six weeks ago, we, um, we got the news from the doctor that the, the cancer had uh, come back. And the doctor said, we think you'll probably have another year or so with Napoleon. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And on a Saturday morning, he was just sort of slowly declining. And we knew something was seriously wrong. And he was outside with us. We were having coffee. It was a Saturday morning. Just kind of a beautiful beautiful time. And we just noticed he was starting to, um, lose his battle and he died in our arms that morning. And honestly, it was one of the the hardest things and this, the saddest things that I think my family and I have ever faced together. We loved this dog so much. He was just a ball of joy. If you've been to the strongest workshop, you know, cause we always like to have him around and he brings just fun and joy and he loved people so much. And he was a member of our family as pets often are. They're just like our children <laughs> with lots of fur. And we, we've been grieving and we have, been so sad at this loss. By the way, one of the most wonderful things that happened in this experience and literally the day, the day of my son who doesn't live with us, he's, he lives up in the Los Angeles area because he's an adult and has his own place and has his own job and all that. So he wasn't with us when Napoleon passed away on that morning. And he sent me this little picture. It's a little thing that I think he found on the internet of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet sitting next to each other. And the caption just read, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. And I couldn't think of any truer words than those words how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. And I got to tell you, friends, it has been hard saying goodbye to our dog. And you know this, you, you have probably experienced something like this, where something that you have loved, something that has been part of you and your story. And maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, and maybe it's a, a pet. But saying goodbye is not easy, especially when you have loved so strongly. And so in this episode, I want to talk about five things that my dog Napoleon taught me about grief, but really I think it applies to to so much of life and so much of just general experiences around loss. And so I'm just going to share with you what we did and some of the things I've noticed. And I took notes as we were 
walking through these things and some of the things I was experiencing just in my own life and in my own emotions. And so I hope this is helpful. So the first thing uh, that my dog taught me about grief is that creating a, a living tribute or a memorial is incredibly important. So we buried Napoleon in our yard and the side yard in his favorite place where he used to sit in the sun and roll on the lawn. He loved doing that. He loved being outside, even though he's a really pretty dog. And everyone, by the way, everyone thought he was a girl, even though he's a boy, like he was really pretty, <laughs> really long hair, but he was very much an outdoor dog. He loved to be outside, even though he was really babied and pampered on the inside. Uh, he did like to go outside. And so we, we um, buried his ashes in the side yard where he likes to be and used to enjoy breezy afternoons there and he would sit there and on the lawn in the shade and just he'd watch the the breeze kind of blow through his hair and so we just thought this would be a perfect place for him and creating this this memorial we had a little headstone made we planted some flowers there we put his ashes in the ground and the thing that I think is important about memorials and some of you go, well, like, why would you do that for a dog? Well, here, here's why we do that. Because a memorial is a collection of all our stories and feelings, of all our grief and sadness, but all the joy and fun that we've also experienced all held together by this one symbol, by this one place. You see, now when we go to that gravestone in that little area in the yard we think of him we think of all the good times and all the wonderful experiences that we had with him we picture him rolling around on the lawn we also think about the sadness and the grief and so memorials just help us in so many ways they can represent so many important things in life and i think having symbols and having totems and having these these places where we can go i mean just th think about the uh, a gravestone for a family friend or family member or it's a place where you can go and and visit and have all those memories be represented in that place and I think a, a, a memorial also helps us move through the story, not move on, but, but move through. And what I mean by that is we will never forget Napoleon. We will never forget our dog. Why would we? He's the most joyful, wonderful. He brought so much love to our family. He, he was with us for 12 years. How could we ever get over him? We won't. And I'm not being overly dramatic here. I'm just telling you the truth. But memorials will help us not to move on, but to move through. That will this this place helps us sort of have an ending and a marker for that particular piece of the story. And so the story continues on, and our memories of him continue on. And so we we move through, and the memorial helps us. I also discovered during this time that 
some again, second thing I guess that the dog taught me about grief is that emotions must be like water and flow. Otherwise they they turn into concrete. And it was so interesting to pay attention to what was going on inside of my heart, especially the first few days after we lost him. I mean, there was just tears, all kinds of tears. And there was a part of me that wanted to block it and wanted to to not, I wanted to be strong for my wife and my kid, my daughter who's living here. And, and I just knew that that wasn't the right response that I don't want to stop or block any emotion because the emotions are meant in grief to flow. And anytime, anytime that we would stop it or block it, that ultimately that emotion would stagnate and turn into concrete and become something quite heavy. And so losing Napoleon taught me the importance of emotion and letting it flow whenever it comes. Sometimes I'd be sitting on the patio and I would look up and think that I saw him. Remember a few days later, I was cutting the lawn and doing some yard work and, and I just, it just, the emotion hit me again. And so it's important to let it flow. Also notice that just emotion, the grief, the sadness, it starts in the heart, right? And I feel it traveling up into my chest and then into my throat and then ultimately into my eyes. And just that travel and you can just feel it kind of emanate from the core of who you are and then it flows up into your head and in this this sense of just like allowing that and then it felt so good just to take a deep cleansing breath after that emotion passed through my body and flowed out to not to not block any of it and to block it to try to stop it would be a betrayal of the grief right the healing that is needed, the processing that is required. So emotions must be like water and flow. Otherwise they turn into concrete and become quite heavy. Friends, I want to let you know that my audio bundle of seven guided meditations meant for morning or for your night to start your day or end your day, they're available right now at my website at mikefoster.tv. These audio meditations are designed to help reduce stress, to help you sleep better, and to eliminate any tension in your body. Do you know that one of the most popular episodes of all the 50 plus episodes that I have done with fun therapy are the guided meditations without question. And so I created this special bundle of of additional meditations because meditations are scientifically proven to lower anxiety. They improve sleep by relaxing the body. It helps release stress and can help you feel calmer in less than eight minutes. And that's what these seven audio meditations are designed to do. 
All of these are available right now at mikefoster.tv forward slash shop. I hope you check them out. I think they'll be very enjoyable to you, especially in this season. So one of the big mistakes that I think we make when we are grieving, when we've lost something that is precious to us, there is this temptation to compare our grief to other things. And I got to be honest right now in this season of COVID and knowing just the the tremendous loss that everyone is experiencing, the loss of loved ones. I mean, just thousands and thousands of people have died from this horrible, horrible pandemic. And here my family is, and here we are with the loss of our, our pet and our dog. And it felt like, oh, how, did, how does this fit in the larger global experience of grief? Like, is it okay to talk about this? Is it okay to be really sad about this? You know, I started to compare the loss of a pet to, to a loss of, you know, a parent due to COVID or a, a friend due to COVID or all the other losses that were happening in our world. And, and here's what my dog taught me is that we are never to compare our grief. That's ultimately a, a form of control. And I must, um, you know, this, this idea that I felt like I needed to shrink down to become smaller, to, to make my grief not as important as other people's grief. Again, that is control and we must, must surrender our desire to control that, to surrender how others perceive it, right? Because I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to get those comments like, oh, Mike, it's just a dog or, you know, hey, there's a lot of other hurting people in the world and all of that. And we know these narratives really well, right? And so what we don't want to do is compare our grief. And we have to recognize in moments like this, especially in a pandemic and when there's so much pain, so much suffering, so much loss and grief in the world right now, we have to understand that there's a difference between public and global grief and our private grief. That they're very, they're two very different things. And so we should never get into this comparison. You should never feel like you need to, to, get small or not be able to share or have to have to control the narrative around it so other people will be okay with it. So we never compare grief. Okay, number four. I discovered that ultimately grief is love with nowhere to go. What I mean by that is frustration and the sadness and I guess the bargaining and all the experiences that I had with losing Napoleon. It's sort of like the thing that was most sad is that I had something to give and I didn't have any place to give it anymore. My love for him, my attention, my focus, all of that there was no there was no receiver of that it's almost like you prepare a, a beautiful meal for dinner and you cook a steak and mashed potatoes and 
you set candlelight out and it's like this beautiful, beautiful meal. And yet no one shows up. And there's just this ache, this loneliness. And so one of the things that my dog taught me is that grief ultimately is love that has no place to go, that there's no arrival for that love. And it brings such sadness. Friends tell me it's spring My windows show the same Without you here the seasons pass me by The fourth thing that I learned about grief that my dog taught me 
over the past few weeks is that grief exposes your needs. You must face them with 100% attention. And because it, it, it just demands you take a look. And one of the things that I decided and, and, and found out in terms of my own need is that I am a dog person and I had to fully, fully embrace that. You see, I haven't always been a dog person. I've always kind of maybe had sort of a, a standoffishness to fully embracing being a dog person because, you know, I wanted to be cool or I didn't want to be like that guy or I didn't want to, you know, be those people who are just like, oh, they're, they're the weirdos with the dogs and dressing them up for, for Halloween and, you know, the whole thing, right? But in this moment and sitting with the loss of, of Napoleon, I just, I just realized that I need a dog in my life. It's something that I desire. It's something that's a part of me. And so grief will unearth and focus those needs that you have. And so one of the things that just got, you know, we, when, after we lost Napoleon, we, we talked about getting another dog and we just thought, oh, we'll wait, we'll wait a year. We'll give it some time, right? Well, maybe six months to a year, we'll just kind of decompress and, you know, do some other things and what have you. And as my wife and I just, had more and more conversations about this, we just realized that we didn't want to wait six months or 12 months or a year. We are dog people. We wanted a dog. We wanted that as a part of our life. And so there was no reason to wait. There's no reason to put off having a dog for six months. And so we, we, have purchased another dog and we have welcomed little Lincoln into our house. And, you know, here's the other thing, like sometimes there's that maybe judgment that you feel about kind of moving on to another pet or another friend or maybe another spouse after your spouse has passed. I mean, do you understand like, you have to pay attention to your need and we can't judge that need. And we can't sort of try to manage how people see that need either. Like here's some people, well, oh, she waited longer. You know, that's disrespectful to your past dog. I don't know. I don't know what the narratives are, but you know what? I'm not listening to them. I'm listening to my heart. I'm listening to my wife as we have these conversations about what our need are, needs are. And so a grief, grief will just in HD clarity expose your needs and you must face it and own it and, and make decisions from it. And finally, the last thing that my dog taught me about grief is that ultimately the experience of grief in the days and the mornings and waking up and not having the dog there and seeing his food bowl still there filled with dog food and finding little treats around the yard and 
little reminders and little tufts of hair that would be caught to uh, the side of the couch, you know, that ultimately grief is the collision of all the treasured past and all the missed future coming together in immense sadness. As all the memories from the past and all the things that will not happen in the future, all of that colliding, coming together, and the sadness that is brought into that collection. And so my dog has taught me a lot. I've learned so much. I I think about all the little trips that we went on and all the little walks around the neighborhood and all those times that he barked at 120 dB every time the doorbell rang. I miss all of that. I think about all the times of things that we'd want to do with him in the future and that's never going to happen now. And so we sit with that. There's loss, there's sadness, but there's also joy and there's also hope And I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for Napoleon. I'm so thankful for the 12 years that he was part of our family. And yes, I know death is a horrible thing and loss creates so much suffering. I'm grateful today. I'm grateful that we had him. I know death sort of creates this time before and the time after, and now there's this unmovable line in the sand between life with and life without. It is the collision of the past and the missed future and all the feelings that are wrapped up in it. Well, friends, I hope that was a helpful episode for you. I would appreciate it if you have enjoyed this discussion around grief and losing our pets. I know that there's a lot of people that this touches in a very specific way. And so I encourage you to share with your friends and followers. Just screenshot your phone right now and post it. Make sure to tag me in it at MikeFoster2000 when using Instagram at Mike Foster 2000 at me in the outside <laughs> really just Mike Foster 2000 thanks for listening um, don't forget to uh, again subscribe leave a comment in the review section on iTunes brain detox at MikeFoster.tv thanks to sleeping at last for all the beautiful music you can check out all of his music on iTunes Spotify or wherever amazing music is played And remember, my friends, no matter what has happened in your story, that your setbacks can become your superpowers and honesty is always the best policy. We'll see you next time on the Fun Therapy Podcast.